it's not so much manipulating the characters to follow your story, it's literally fighting with your characters of who's in control. Oh, I see, yeah. It's like, uh, like I'm the god in my book, and, and they're my little people I create, and they want to have their own destiny. Is that what you kind of mean? Pretty much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I'm a fantasy author, so I it makes perfect sense. I talk to authors all the time. Nonfiction authors do not have this issue. They're writing about a historical event, a historical figure. It's all factual. When you go into fiction, like what we write, the characters literally say, hmm, no, I don't feel like being talked about today. You can go find someone else to talk about because I'm not going to give you any information. Or this is your first book. This normally happens around book two or three, so be prepared. You're not going crazy. This is a normal thing with authors. Oh. That's cool. So See, I mentor on this show. You find out things that you didn't know as being an author, how crazy your world is going to get. That's awesome. I mean, it's always fun to learn, bro. I, I like it. Well, um, I, I try to put it in a way that it sounds fun and it's not annoying, and we want to do it because we're writers. <laughs> mm-hmm. But... At the same time, it, it gets a little frustrating, especially when you start writing one book and then you have characters show up for book two or three or for different series and you have to write down what they're saying. Otherwise, you forget it. Oh, yeah. That's true. So when I say, where do you see the series going? It's your vision right now. Your characters haven't t- hijacked your series yet. Oh, I... I definitely see them taking off. Um, they'll become their own entities down the down the road. I don't know if that makes any sense. I, no. I guess I see it like um, I see it as being something really well. Each character being something very very big because um, they all have their own personalities and. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of people will be able to relate to that, and they'll just take on their own life of its own. Like you start composing a piece um, in the beginning, and you think you know what it's going to be, but then I don't know, it just flows out, and the end result is always better than how you imagine. So I always think my my characters will be bigger than what I imagined by the time all is said and done, and I finished the last uh, the last word. Right. It, it's where we see our stories going. We outline sometimes. I'm just learning to outline. I don't like to outline because then it feels forced for me. I'm not that kind of writer. I don't know if you are or not. I like to be keep everything organic and. Mm-hmm let the characters do what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. That way it's a, it's a surprise for me as well as the reader. 
mm-hmm. versus um, James Patterson, who outlines everything right down to how many buttons are on the shirt. Right. It's just our writing styles are completely different, and there's nothing wrong but about a person's writing style. So we do this, but at the same time, sometimes it's more fun just to be a pantser rather than a planner. Mm-hmm. That's so true. We, which are you? Well, I mean, I map it out and everything, but it's like I said, they kind of just take on a life of its own. I, it just happens. <laughs> That I mean, I, I structure it, but it just kind of, it just blows. Yeah, we, everything so I'm, is, a, I'm a little of both, I guess you can say. I think nowadays you have to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to be really fluent in everything. Yeah, it, it's. It's, let me see here. You have to be well-versified in your own story. You have to plan a little bit. My idea of planning is, okay, I'm building the world. What does my castle look look like? What does my galaxy look like? It's not so much a storyline itself, but where are the planets located? Where are, there's a little bit of outlining there. Genetics, my daughter, when she's right, she's scaring me right now because she's actually doing genetic makeup for her characters. <laughs> that, that sounds cool. <laughs> okay, think about this. She's 17, and she's figuring out DNA mapping for fictional characters. I think that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, eventually in my story, well, one of the characters kind of gets analyzed in that way. But that's really good. That's, that comes to storytelling. Actually, um, the best way to even write a story is to really know your characters inside out. That was from this Morpheus man at a bookstore that told me that one day. I say Morpheus because he, like, reminded me of the Matrix with the sunglasses and he was, like, super dramatic with a trench coat. Yeah. (laughs) Don't you love running across those characters? Yes, I do. (laughs) But it's... We find our characters, you can sit non-pandemic. You can sit at a park and watch people and learn how they dress and stuff and interact with each other and write them into stories just based on their appearance. Yep. I mean, that's some of the best storytelling is just by watching people. That's the way to write it, though. I mean, if you don't understand your characters inside out, then you won't know how they're going to react to other personalities and then in particular situations. Correct. I mean, that's like, what that guy told me, the Morpheus man. 
<laughs> but, okay. Mm. Now, it took you 19 years to create this world, correct? Or am yeah. I reading? Okay. So you don't sound that old. I'm I'm old, too. I mean... No, you can't be past 20 years old by your voice. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm an adult. I'm 31. Oh, well. See, your voice makes you sound like you're 20, maybe. I'm looking at this like, no, I'm not talking to someone that spent 19 years creating this adventure. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's Ta-da. something. <laughs> Beauty of radio is we can't see you. So I go completely by your voice. And I'm always surprised when I come across an oh, yeah. picture and go, wait, their voice does not match their picture at all. <laughs> yeah, most people say I don't sound so old, and then they say I don't look old at all. (laughs) My daughter looks like she's 10. That's a good thing. She's like me. (laughs) I mean, sorry, I don't mean to be um, awkward. (laughs) No, it's it's completely good. I get it. I'm like, uh, not this year, but last year. For her 16th birthday, we took her out to a restaurant, and they do the birthday celebration thing. Everyone's like, oh, happy 10th birthday. She's like, I'm 16. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy, that's funny. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, I have to somehow fit that into a storyline because it was just so funny at the time. But... You know, everyone ages differently. And because she ages so slowly, that works so well. When I'm trying to uh, background my characters, comes I'm like, how do I do this without aging the character? Oh, I just used my daughter. There we go. <laughs> That's awesome. She loves me for it. She really does. <laughs> Yeah, I get a, a lot of uh, weird moments. Um, like, uh, I was once I went to, I went out with some friends, mm-hmm. and I don't drink or anything. So I uh, went, but they really spotted my ID, like, a lot of times because mm-hmm. they didn't think, like, they thought it was fake, and it wasn't. And the guy, like, looked at me with shifty eyes, and he's like, I don't know how you did it, but I, I'm watching you. And I was like, no, man, nothing here. And then it looks even more suspicious when you go to the bar and you order apple juice while everybody around you is drinking liquor. Oh, yeah, that made it, like, even more suspicious, like, more shifty eyes. Oh, I know. I used to do that all the time. I used to go out to the bar with my friends. I'm like, I don't drink. I At the time, I looked like I was a teenager. And I'm like... <laughs> I don't drink. I don't want drink. I'm I'm the designated driver because I know they're going to get smashed. Just give me straight water or a Coke or, you know, something like that. I'm like, I'm not here to drink. 
it got to the point where the one bartender actually knew me because mm-hmm. we're there every weekend. She's like, so are we doing Coke today or water? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's funny. <laughs> I was like, okay, when we get to the point where the bartender knows you only drink water or Coke, yeah, there's an issue there. These are perfect moments to incorporate in a story. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, they have to be incorporated in there somehow because Mm -hmm. otherwise it's just a story. If you put it in a book, then it's twice as funny. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> or when you're telling somebody because they don't believe you. I'm the like when I was working as a manager at a fast food restaurant, I looked like I was maybe 16, and everyone's like, "No, you have to be t- at least 21 to close the store down." I'm like, I was 21 when I had my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> We're a little bit past that, but thank you. <laughs> I went to just take it as compliments. <laughs> I, well, you have to kind of laugh at it, but it, it is a great compliment when people tell you you look younger than what you are, even if it is annoying to a degree. <laughs> it can be. <laughs> I mean... Friction or characters, if you want them younger, it's fine. It's perfectly normal. We rate a 20-year-old that looks like he's 10. Great. That's funny. It's in a book. In real life, you're like, wait. How does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, that's one of the problems my character might have encountered. So what is Midas like? Uh, well, Midas is really smart and terribly shy, and he doesn't like asking for help, and he kind of internalizes things and keeps it to himself. But mm-hmm. And then in a way, he's somewhat naive. He's very honest and naive at the same time. Okay. That, that makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can be naive and honest at the same time. You can be so many different elements, especially when you're starting out and you haven't had that many experiences yet. Yep. So when you're going on a journey, you can be naive to things and not even realize it until later. This is true. And that's, like, what he encounters along the way. So, like, what he thinks might be good. And it's, like, he's honest, but people around him aren't necessarily honest, if that makes any sense. Oh, no, that makes perfect sense. Just because you're honest and do everything by the book doesn't mean those around you do the same thing. Yep. I mean, you hit it right on the nail. That is real life right there. Mm-hmm. You have to Super learn. Real life. Yeah, you have to learn. Okay, you can be honest and have your integrity and 
be upfront about everything, well, that doesn't work in the real world because not everyone around you do live by that model. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we That's should. Exactly true. Huh? We should live by that, you know. But mm-hmm. in reality, we don't have that. If we had that, then we wouldn't have half the crimes and stupid stuff going on in today's society. It's true. And it's like everybody has something they want. So it's mm-hmm. like that's another thing my has encounters along the way. It's like people have their own agendas and things that they want to accomplish. So it's like a matter of where their values lie and how what they're willing to do to get what they want, even if it means compromising your your integrity and yourself mm-hmm. just to get what you want. Yeah. So of course, there's consequence to it, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, do we go step on someone's back or stab them in the back to get to that next promotion? Do we stay honest and true to ourselves? And maybe we'll get that promotion in 10 years. Or I can stab Sally Sue over here in the back, throw it under the butts, and I'll have that promotion in two weeks. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's life. Literally. (laughs) And the sad thing is, life is stranger than fiction. That that is true. (laughs) That is super true. If you really look at life and you step back and look at it as a, you're looking at it as an outsider looking in, real life is stranger than fiction. You go, no, you can't have this outstanding person in public be a complete douche at home and be a drunk abuser, the same. Or you can't have this banker that is all great to the Mm -hmm. public, everyone loves them, skimming money off the top over here. Mm -hmm. But this is the stuff that stories are made out of. Yep. If you didn't have these conflicts in life, you wouldn't have all these great fictional stories. That's true. It's the price we authors and artists all pay for a great story. Yes. I mean, seriously, we all write about what we know. Mm-hmm. We, we start out with something basic, like, okay, we love fantasy. We love dragons, witches, warlocks whatever, or we love mm-hmm. space, or that's our setting. Then we go back and we fall back on all the stories in our life, and then we twist it and turn it into something that fits a fantasy realm. Mm-hmm. That's where your stories come from, but it's all based on the reality. At the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. The core messages. Correct. I mean, you can take any fantasy book out there, and there's a little bit of reality meshed in there. Mm-hmm. So when do you expect the second book of your series to come out? Oh, well, I get that question a lot. Um, we're looking towards, like, fall-winter season, 
for the uh, for the part two of book one. Okay. Now your parts. Okay. Try and explain that to me. Are they from different sections of the same year? How does your parts work? The part. Well, the first book is cut into two parts because it would have been just too long of a for a first book. So mm-hmm. that's why I split the first book into two parts. And then after that, there's just two more books. So that's okay. why it's four. But in all actuality, it's a trilogy. Okay. So how many pages are in book one? Uh, book one has... Uh, it's got 418 pages. Okay, so it's almost like a Harry Potter type book with length. Yeah, length wise. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. This, this, I'm trying to get it in my head. So we're looking at an eight hour read if you pick up these books, roughly. That's the average reading time for most avid readers. If you're not an avid reader, it's going to take you probably about three days to get through it. Yeah, that sounds about right. I know my readers. I know my, you know, a book reviewer can probably get that down to about five hours. Yeah. But, you know, the average person anywhere from eight hours to three days. But it also depends on if the reader is completely 100% immersed in the world that you created or they're just passively reading it. Sorry, could you repeat that? It depends on if the reader is completely immersed in the world that they're reading or they're just passively reading it. Like, okay, I have an hour here, so I'm going to pick up the book, read a few minutes. It Mm -hmm. really depends on if they have time to sit down to the book hours to reading or if they just, the kids are quiet for a minute, I don't feel like TV, I'm going to pick up the book. Mm -hmm. And then we get on a whole discussion about how they either do dog ears or bookmarks. Oh, I well, they're definitely going to keep reading once you pick this one up. Yeah, I mean, um, just by the cover, it's awesome. I'm just looking at it briefly. I oh, mean, I love the cover, too. <laughs> it's, uh, it's magical. I mean, it's like, it's just about the story in a nutshell, pretty much. Pretty much. I mean... This is one of those, I would see it on the shelf and go, oh, I want to read it just to have the cover. Mm-hmm. And, the, and even if you don't read it, it still makes a great display on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I have so many books like that. I'm like, one day I'll have a chance to sit down and read my entire to-be-read file. Mm-hmm. One day. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't, I'm one of those authors I don't like to read while I'm writing because I don't want any outside influences. Yes, that's me. Well, for me, though, I, I have to say I like having music playing. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like one of those conductors. You've seen, like, 
those conductors that like they go so dramatic and they're like the symbols, the horns, yes. That's like me. And I'm like listening to this music and then I'm like writing and I'm just like yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I'm the yeah, I'm the same way. I'll have music on while I write. And my keyboard is actually doing the conducting of the music. <laughs> so if so if the music's really high tempoed and great, I'll be sitting mm-hmm. there writing like a frenzy. If it's a laid back song, I'm barely writing. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's an author for you. <laughs> so we're almost out of time. Where can our listeners find you? Uh, they can find me at uh, com, And there's, like, everything on there, including a contact page. Um, and also the book links are there, too, in the uh, Read It Now section. It's all listed where where the books can be uh, read at or purchased. Sounds wonderful. And when book two or part two comes out, please let me know so we can bring you back on and we can discuss it a little bit. Oh, definitely. I would love that. (laughs) And to our readers, happy reading. Yes, happy reading. Thank you so much for being on the show today. And, again, as soon as book two comes out, just let me know. I will for sure. And thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I will send you the link for the YouTube as soon as I get it up. I'm a little bit behind on posting things, but I'll have them all up in a couple days. Sounds good. Okay. Talk to you later. All righty. Bye. Bye.